What's up, babes? Happy June. It's a glorious morning, a day that we will never see again in this lifetime. So let's take the time to enjoy life while we can. I'm your girl, Neek Austin, and this is Koro is a Crush. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good morning to everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coro is a Crush. I'm Neek Austin, the CEO and founder of Coro, a home-based beauty, wellness, and design shop, providing premium, high-quality press-on nails, beauty accessories, and home decor that we know you'll fall in love with, all while providing a community for self-care lovers, beauty mavens, and small business owners to live life on their terms through fashion, beauty, and faith. So, I am so glad we are kicking off the month of June. Oh my gosh. I mean, seriously, we are six months into the year of 2022. And yeah, I just, I just want time to just slow down, just slow down. But you know, one thing my grandfather told me before he passed away, he said to me, he said, see, one thing you're going to learn in life is that the older you get, the faster time will move. He says, so take your time and enjoy everything while you can, because you're only given this shot once. So I'm just throwing that little tidbit, throwing that gem out for y'all. Y'all know how I do. Y'all know I love to motivate and inspire y'all to become y'all best selves. So I just want to let y'all know that right now, take your time, whatever you are, wherever you are in your life, just take your time and enjoy it while you can because you only live once you only get one shot at life so make the most of it so after the success of the just women series i decided that for this month for the month of june that we're going to create the just men series which will focus on male entrepreneurs in each episode i'm interviewing a different man about his experiences as an entrepreneur we're going to talk about how they got started with their business what it's been like since then and some of the challenges that they had to overcome but we're going to talk about something that is a stigma in the black community that we need to talk about okay we're going to talk about mental health and the fear of failure subtle shifts and how we think about mental health can make a big difference in how we manage our emotions. During the past few years, especially during this pandemic that we are still currently in, there has been a growing awareness in the United States that mental health is important and worthy of attention. Mental health is an issue that affects people across all cultures, races, genders, and sexual orientations, regardless of your social, economic class, or education. One cultural group that is, that is relatively underrepresented in conversations about mental health is the black men who may be reluctant to seek help for a variety of reasons. One reason for this reluctance stems from the fear that seeking help will be perceived as a sign of weakness. There's a common belief in American culture that vulnerability is inherently weak and should be avoided at all costs. This idea can be damaging to everyone but particularly among black men who are already marginalized within society. The fear of failure can also be an impediment to mental health care for black men. Mental health is a serious issue, y'all, with many people feeling that they're not able to get the help that they need. But fortunately, there are things you can do to take control of your mental health and ensure that you stay happy, healthy, 
and strong. Fear of failure is a common problem for black men. In fact, it's one of the many reasons why so many black men don't seek help when they are struggling with depression or other mental health issues. But the truth is that everyone struggles at times and failure isn't something to be afraid of. The truth is that everyone fails from time to time and that's okay. In order to overcome these obstacles, it's important to understand how mental health problems affect one's life and what symptoms may look like so you can recognize when you need help and then take action. The important thing is that you learn from your mistakes and use them as motivation for future success, which brings me to my guest host. He's inspiring black men to prioritize personal care and mental wellness with luxury skincare products. I'm bringing to you and please welcome Mr. Aken Walker from MV Soaps. How you doing, my brother? Hey, I am excited to be here, Neek. And let me just say that was a phenomenal introduction. Like I'm just in awe right now. You're amazing. Thank <laughs> <laughs> And I tried to um I tried to uphold that as much as possible. That's why they yeah. called me the truth speaker, because I'm always gonna speak the truth whether you want to hear it or not okay okay i love it i love it no happy to be here excited for this opportunity thank you absolutely absolutely so we're going to go on and get down into the nitty-gritty but the first thing i want you to do is i want you to be able to tell my podcast listeners who you are and your business yes uh thank you so much so my name is again my name is akin walker uh, i am the ceo and founder of mv soaps we're a luxury personal care brand brand we're based out of uh, the dc metro area and like nick said we focus on inspiring black men to improve their personal care and their mental wellness and the way that we're doing that is through two ways primarily one is through giving them products that help them to feel seen validated giving them a luxury experience through um our products solutions in the suite that we have uh, mm -hmm. of products but also we are a social business so we actively um, advocate and give 10% uh, of all of our profits to a nonprofit organization that is focused on uh, initiatives that are empowering black men and boys to extend the life expectancy of black men and boys by focusing on mental wellness all right all right you you know what you said such of a mouthful right there and it's a great thing that you are doing for the black community, like I said before, especially for our black boys. I have a son and the stigma that he has up against him is that he's autistic. And with him having autism, um, the one thing that he is constantly dealing with is people accepting him for who he is. So with that, you know, a lot of people think autism is part of mental health. It's not a mental health. It's actually a developmental delay. So it is actually miscategorized in the black community to where um, you have some black families, especially my black moms, that don't want to admit that their child may have a disability, but it actually hurts them because all they want to feel is normal. But one thing I have also learned is that it actually takes a toll on the black male the yep. black father because they want their son to be this awesome kid that plays football that plays basketball that plays baseball and unfortunately this child is not able to do those things because that's not where their attention lies so that also takes a toll on the black man's mental health i witnessed that for myself with my husband and when it came to our son even though that is not his birth 
father, that's the only father that my son knows. So when I look at my husband, it does take a mental health toll on him as well, because there's certain things that he wants my son to do that my son said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want to do. So he gets frustrated with him too. And I, I understand that. And it's hard. So again, I thank you so much for wanting to step up to the plate and talk about mental health in the black community, especially with our black men and our black boys, because they do need that. Um, they do need that help when it comes to mental health. I try to teach my son all the time, as well as my daughter, that uh, no matter what is going on in your life, I want you to be able to come to us and talk about it. We can have an open conversation or open, you know, I have an open door policy for my children. Yep. My mm-hmm. thing is, I want you to come to me and talk to me about what's going on because it has been foreshadowed for so many generations that in the black family, we are not allowed to talk about certain things. Mm-hmm. And no matter what is going on, we're told to keep quiet. Yep. We're told not to say anything. We're told to sweep it under the rug. Well, me and my generation, because I am a millennial, I'm not sweeping nothing under the rug. <laughs> I, was type of, right, I was the type of child that I want to talk about what is going on because I am intrigued and it has piqued my interest and I want to be able to discuss it because I want to know more about it. So when it comes to my son, even though emotionally he is not able to communicate his emotions because of his autism, he is still verbal enough to tell me hey mom this is what's going on and so what we do is we related to the things that he likes to do when he was mm-hmm. younger he liked dinosaurs yeah. so every conversation that we had we made it into a dinosaur thing mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of a lot of parents don't realize that if you turn the conversation into what it is that they want to talk about mm-hmm. instead of how we want to talk about it to them yeah We'll be able to get more information out of our children, especially our black boys, more than we can actually just walk up to them and say, yo, what's going on? Talk to me about what's going on. I'd rather have a regular conversation with my child and be their friend in that moment mm-hmm. than to um, be the parent and constantly, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word I want to use, but constantly um, going at them. Yeah. Or- not so much not discipline but like not speaking their language and and, and meet them right. where they are right right not being able to meet them halfway i want to be able to meet my kids halfway and so my kids meet me halfway and the same applies for us as marriage folk we need to be able to meet y'all halfway mm-hmm. and yeah we're always the ones that are doing most of the talking mm-hmm. we're the ones that are always telling y'all you ain't listening yeah not realizing yes y'all are listening Y'all just doing it in a different way than how we want y'all to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me me talk a little bit about mental health and uh, the state, uh, I think, of just black masculinity, honestly. All right. Um, But so today, what we have is a crisis of mental health for black men. So um, the amount of suicide attempts of black men and boys are up. You know the highest they've ever been and they're rising higher than any other demographic in the united states right so uh just from a pure numbers perspective there is a crisis within the community why is there a crisis in the community i think it's for a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the things that you mentioned right it's uh, a lot of things gets we're, we're taught to sweep things under the rug 
um, and it's exacerbated with men because we know how to suffer in silence. Like we right. really don't really know how to be in tune with our emotions and to confidently um, share those emotions with people. Uh, and I feel like that situation is getting worse and worse, like especially with younger generations. That's something that I'm seeing where people don't want to be vulnerable because they don't want somebody to have something on them, right? Right. Uh, so basically fear of someone taking them out or whatever it is, they don't want to have conversations about what's really happening with them. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, I think, a challenge of, uh, of black masculinity. We have an opportunity to change the narrative. And that's what MD Soaps is really hoping to do is, you know, not only create amazing products for black men and for them to feel validated through these products but also to create a platform for black men to feel seen heard um and encouraged right, right. Um, and uh another thing that i like to talk about especially as it relates to masculinity is uh having a north star uh for black men when it comes to masculinity a lot of us were not necessarily raised by our fathers i'm one of them my dad wasn't really around and okay. i love him to death but he wasn't really around for me um and so not having that example for me of what it really means to be masculine in a way that's healthy um, and no one really providing solutions right no one really talking about what does it mean to have you know to talk to be vulnerable as a man but at the same time be masculine um, you know still being able to be there for your family and the people that you love but also being there for yourself right, right. Um, and so that's where the whole self-care also comes in right we're not we're not really shown how and talk people don't really talk about how we need to invest in ourselves in order to be well um and, and to really show up the way we need to in the world okay all right i hear you i hear you i i love it i love it um my son actually can relate because his birth father is not in his life and so mm -hmm. for the first five years it was a struggle for my son and it wasn't until I met my husband that my husband was willing to step up to the plate to deal with what is going on with him. A lot of the guys that I dated prior to, they did not want to deal with the fact that my son had a problem. At that time, my son was not diagnosed with autism. Yeah. It, he was like the behavior child, <laughs> you know? And when I finally got the diagnosis that my son had autism, I called my son's father on the phone didn't get through to him spoke to his grandmother and his grandmother said oh well that must run on your side of the family because it doesn't run on our side of the family do you know how close i was to cussing her out across their phone oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i hear that because that was offensive wow in honor of my son that was offensive because yeah. one thing that my son always have encouraged me and told me was mom i love being in my world you take care of the outside world let me be happy in mine mm. so whenever my son is going through something i used to carry his emotion because he couldn't feel it he didn't understand it so i would be the one crying the tears for him and so when his grandmother said that not my mama his, his son's father his um father's mother when she said that and then turned around and said but you can get a check for him just go down to social security Get him a disability check. Yeah. And you will be taken care of. Click. That was it. Yeah. That was the last time that my that I actually spoke to her. And my son will be 15 in August. Wow. And my son has overcame so much. He 
is now in high school he even though he has um he has an IEP but he is not actually in special education classes anymore I thank God for that my son now has a therapist I thank God for that as well because now he is able to talk about the issues that he may not want to discuss with mommy and daddy but he has a therapist that he actually goes to every month and he talks about his issues with them and I made that very clear and I told him I don't want you to ever be afraid of expressing how you really feel because there's not a lot of black men especially black boys your age and of your caliber that are willing to talk about what is going on in your mind because I know you have a lot of questions you know what the hardest thing was in my son experience puberty mm -hmm. an autistic black boy going through puberty that was the hardest thing that I ever had to discuss with him. And I had to tell my husband, look, I can talk about anything in the world, but I cannot talk about that with my son. You got that conversation. Yeah. So I allow him to have that conversation with his stepfather, which I don't say step, with his father. And it made him a lot better. Now, guarantee that, they, that he's a teenager. They're having their issues. Mm -hmm. Most black sons do when they become teenagers that they have issues with their father where they don't want to hear what they got to say. Yeah. You know, they buck on them and everything. And you know, as a as a standing from a mom's standpoint, only having him, yeah. I have to literally step out of the picture. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is very hard because the mom inside yeah. of the defense mechanism goes up. Yeah. But for my son, I have to make him understand. That when you go outside this door every single day you are looked at as a black male yeah. they don't care that you're autistic they don't care that you got ADHD they don't care that you have a light that you got asthma all they see is a light-skinned black boy stepping outside of their house and when you go against the grain of what the world wants you to do you're going to have these issues but I need you to learn how to process these issues and not process them in anger because that's mm -hmm. where y'all that's where it always result to that's the stigma that black men get angry all the time black men don't know how to talk about their feelings no mm -hmm. there are black men that are willing to talk about their feelings but are we willing to listen yeah to what it is that y'all have to say yes yes yeah 100 yeah i mean but what you said right there about are, are, are we willing to listen to what black men boys have to say um i i think that that is key uh i think a lot of black boys black men they're not they I, they don't they, they are raised without knowing that they're loved for who they are and i think when you know that you're loved and irrespective of what you say or do that you're loved and you you're you're deserving of love um I, I think that that has a huge impact on how you interact with the world right, right. And whether you're willing to express yourself you do you know it's okay for you to feel certain emotions right that's something that with my sons i have two boys uh ages five and four my wife has helped me to encourage them Mm -hmm. uh, that when they're feeling something to say, you know, it's okay that you're feeling this way, right? right? You know, we love you. It's good that you're finding that you're feeling this way. If you're angry, sad, whatever, but just make sure that if you're feeling this way, that you handle, you, you're the captain of your mind is what my, my wife likes to say, that you actually, you know, comport yourself in a way that's good. Right. right. Uh, and so that's what we're, we're trying to do um, in our household. But I think that not a lot of black boys black men were given those tools 
you know, from a young age to know really know to really know what they need to do with their emotions and how to channel their emotions in a way that's actually productive, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I get it. I do, and it, it's a challenge every single day. I look at my son and I'm watching him grow up and becoming this young man. And I, I tell my husband all the time, I fear when he becomes an adult that nobody would understand him. Mm-hmm. That's the way that he is, the way that he expresses himself. Yeah. Now, when he expresses himself, he does express himself with, uh, how can I say it? He is so much, he is so like me, it's, it's crazy. It's like looking at the male version of me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> he has my mouth. Guarantee he has my mouth. <laughs> and when I express myself, I, I have learned over the years, and it has taken a lot out of me. But you know, humble and grace. Yeah. You know, it shows. It shows a lot. And I have learned how to express myself through um, in a manner where I'm not yelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my son, he's going through exactly what I went through when I was a teenager. He's expressing himself yelling. So when he does that and he's yelling, and I'm looking at him like. You know, the black mother could come out of me and just smack the holy pee out of you. But I'm not going to do that because this is the way that you're expressing yourself. But we do need to learn how to tone it down just a scotch. You know, because I don't want him to go out there and do the same thing to somebody else. Yeah. And then, God forbid, he gets locked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's not being understood. And then you know it could lead to worse things down the road so we're learning how to he's learning how to express himself in a nice way Mm -hmm. instead of being angry all the time and i i ask him what are you so angry about why is it your generation likes to wake up mad i said now i did it when i was younger but i had issues Mm -hmm. and my issues stem from the fact that i did not realize that i had manic depression yeah i said but why you wake up angry I said, you should be glad that God allowed you to wake up this morning. I said, don't you realize that a lot of people are not awake this morning? You should never wake up angry. You should wake up, you know, happy. And to hear myself telling my son that when my mother used to say that to me at his age, it's like, I sound like my mother right now. And I look like that. And then I, I sit here and say to myself, but I, I, I want him to understand that it is a good thing. Don't do the things that I did when I was younger. I was, I was, I was going through my own thing. And I told him, and I understand you're going through your own thing. I said, but um, don't wake up angry. And I, I'm saying this not just for the teenagers, but also for everybody. Don't don't wake up angry. If you're waking up angry, go back to sleep and do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of people that did not wake up this morning. We are grateful that God, you know, showed us that much um, grace and mercy for us to wake up yeah. and to be able to celebrate another day. Because a lot of us are not able to celebrate another day. But um, let me go on and get into these questions that I have for you. And like okay. I said, easy. So um, tell me, let me make it fun for a little, for like five seconds. All right. What is something that work, that would surprise people to know about you? What is something that would surprise people to know about you? I can speak multiple languages. Ah, so how many languages can you speak? I can speak Spanish, Portuguese, and Japanese, and English. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Out of those four languages, well, excluding English, out of those three languages, which one is your favorite? I'd say I I love I love listening to Portuguese music, especially. Okay. Um, but I think speaking Spanish is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. I, I I used I took Spanish in school. My daughter is almost um certified fluent, so okay. I, I listen to her speak Spanish. She even to the point that she sings in Spanish. Okay. Uh, she wakes up speaking Spanish. She goes to bed speaking Spanish. And luckily, um, my husband he took Spanish in school. I took Spanish and French. Okay. And, um, I just think it's it's a dope language. I, I don't I have never met many black people that can speak Japanese and Portuguese. Yeah, so I I audited Portuguese. So I went to college, double majored in business and Spanish, studied abroad in Spain. I okay. audited Portuguese, and my first job out of college was teaching English in Japan. Wow, how was that? It was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, once in a lifetime opportunity. Very uh, interesting culture, very different from here. You know, I was like, you know, like one in one hundred thousand black people. <laughs> You know, you stick out like a sore thumb, you know, being yeah. out there. But it was cool, though. I learned, I learned a lot. It was, it was a cool experience. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. That's dope. That is dope. <laughs> One day, I'm gonna get on a plane. I got to get over that fear, though. You, oh, you haven't been on a plane? Uh, my mother said that I got on the plane when I was two years old okay. and I was hollering and screaming to get on the plane at the age of two. So I can imagine what I would do now. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I had an opportunity when I was in high school to travel abroad and to play in the uh, symphony over in London. Okay. My bass instrument is the um, piano, but I was okay. playing clarinet at that time. All right. And 9-11 um, hit, and I said, forget it. <laughs> That's it. That was it. That's it. Oh, was it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to see the world, though. You got to see the world. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I do. That's on my bucket list. My bucket list okay. is to get on the plane. Okay. All Once right. I get over that fear... And I know, I know God, I'm very spiritual. I know he got me. He's not going to let anything happen that he doesn't already know is going to happen. Yep. Well, Jesus, no, no, no. <laughs> if I can't get on the bus, if I can't drive it, it's not going to happen with me getting on the plane. Now, here's the crazy part. I'll get on a boat before I get on the plane. Interesting. I'll get on a cruise ship any day of the week, but I can't <laughs> get on that plane. <laughs> And I don't like water, but I'll get on a boat. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm weird like that. <laughs> All right, so my next question for you is, what do you like most about being your own boss? You know, so right now I'm at, I still have a nine to five. So I'm, yeah, so I, I'm not fully there yet. But what I do like about being my own boss is like, I can... Like I can shape the strategy for this business however I want to, right? And that I can make the decision on a dime and that is going to, you know, do something unique. Like I, I, I'm in the captain's chair and I love being in the captain's chair. It's like you're the captain of your own destiny, right? Um, and what I especially like about it is that through this business, I can create so much value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's so much more rewarding uh, to do something for your own business that you know is going to impact other people 
right you know then you know working your nine to five and knowing okay you can have an impact but it just doesn't feel the same right because right. it's like your name is associated with this brand etc so that's how i feel like it's it, it's amazing it's been so rewarding being an entrepreneur and how long you been in your business so we started beginning of last year Wow. We started direct to consumer November of last year, selling awesome. from the website. So it has not been a very long time, but things are uh, accelerating very quickly. I will say that. Congratulations. Thank I, you. Thank I you. I applaud you for that. I applaud you for that. Yeah, my business is, um, I started my business December 2020. Actually, okay. Coro started December 2020, but I have been a business owner since um, May of 2017. Okay. Wow. Doing the exact same thing? Oh no, honey. I am a I am a woman of a multitude of trips. Okay. All right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I, when I I walked off my job April the twenty fourth, twenty seventeen, um, three months before I married my husband, and okay. the only reason why I came out of the workforce was because I got tired of doing what people wanted me to do instead mm -hmm. of doing what i wanted to do like yeah i'm not hard-headed but i'm hard-headed yeah, yeah yeah i don't mind taking i don't mind being told what to do mm -hmm. but i don't like being told how it should be done mm -hmm. especially if i know a faster way to get it done and it still provides even if it's the same results or a better result yeah. i also got tired of bosses taking my ideas and using them as their own so I had enough. And yeah. when I came out, I started my business as becoming a notary because I was okay. a notary for my last employer. And so what I did was I took that and became a notary business. I am okay. a um, certified loan signing agent okay. and things of that multitude. I became a virtual assistant. And then I decided that when my husband, he started his business, I decided to work alongside with him and do the back end, which is all the paperwork. Yeah. Then I said, I love my art, came out, started making glasses. Then I started doing glasses for different special occasions as well as weddings. Then I got tired of it, gave it up. Then I decided to make a t-shirt business, had the ball mm -hmm. mindset, gave it up. And then I owned a modeling agency uh, that was actually taken away from me by God himself because it was so destructive, didn't have the right mindset for it, had too many people telling me what to do and it wasn't right. Yeah. So he took that away from me and then he gave me a second chance, gave me Coro, and mm -hmm. I've been flying high ever since. That's what's up. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've only been in, Coro only been born for like um, a year and some change, so. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there were a lot of businesses that were born during the pandemic, weren't there? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Especially black women. Black women, y'all been taking the world by storm. You know, with these businesses, you know, man, we gotta catch up. Thank you, thank you so much. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy about my black women wanting to step up to the plate to take charge and say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. But my my main reason for becoming a business owner is yeah. because of my son having asthma. He has a life threatening asthma. My son has been hospitalized nine times, been incubated twice. Wow. And every single time I had to take off, my supervisors would get mad because I would not come back to work for weeks at a time. And so my theory has always been, yes, I love my job, but I love him more. Exactly. So I'd rather be at home, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd rather be at home, take care of him and work from home than to be out in the workforce and then get the call that my son's being rushed to the hospital and then I got to take days. 
because that's losing money. So therefore, I just became, uh, I just started working from home. And when the pandemic hit, so many people got mad that they had to work from home. But my husband and I was in here shouting because we ain't had to deal with nobody because all of our business is in the house. <laughs> so it worked out in my, it worked out in my favor. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. We didn't look at the pandemic as a, as a bad thing. Yeah. We took it as God is showing us who he really is yeah. and what his power can do amongst a multitude of people mm-hmm. so my mission and my business is to reach his people through fashion beauty and faith by teaching people how to remain authentic and becoming who they really are and not changing themselves for anybody because we have gone through this stigma where we have to change ourselves to please other people and i got tired of doing it it's true so now I'm on my mission to reach others by teaching them how to be yourself and that it is okay to put yourself first because in order for us to help others, we have to help ourselves. Yep. Yeah. So that's my mission. So yeah, thank you for the welcome of um, the fact that black women are on the rise and we still need the rise. I mean, women popping up, creating businesses left and right. I love to see it. I love to see it. I think it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get down and let's get deep, deep down into these questions. So my next question for you is this. What do you think is the biggest challenge a male entrepreneur faces? Um, you know, I think that it, it's going to vary from, from person to person. Myself, perfectionism has been a, a real challenge for me. And I would anticipate that a lot of black men might deal with the same thing, right? Uh, where we wear, uh, we're, we have so many hats, right? We're trying to also carry the weight of the world on our shoulders and we want to be perfect. We want to be, you know, uh, we want to present ourselves in a way that is, is perfect, honestly. You know, we try so hard to do that. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that that's a, a huge challenge for a lot of men. I know for me, um, just creating reels before I was just like overthinking it, right? Just overthinking right. how I need to look, you know, when I need to do it, how I need to do it, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I've learned to take imperfect actions. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and and just keep the ball rolling, right? And just keep up with that consistency and focus more so on serving, you know, rather than being served. When I changed my mindset about just like serving my community, it helped me to not focus so much on that perfectionism. Like, I just want to show up for my people. I just want to show up for the people that are out here supporting me rather than trying to be perfect and not putting anything out there. That's right. what perfectionism is going to do for you, you know? Uh, you have to make so many decisions as, as an entrepreneur. Every single day, you have like five, six, seven major decisions that you got to make. Yes. It's like, can I get a break? You know what I mean? <laughs> can I just get a break from one major decision? Um, it's like project. You're going from one project to the next. You got three projects going concurrently. So if you are, if you are a perfectionist, you're not going to make any moves. You're just going to be stuck. So, yeah. I get it. I am a perfectionist and I can honestly say I did get stuck. Yeah. I got stuck creating different divisions in my brand. See, there's Kobo and then there's Kobo Nails, Kobo Creative um, Designs. Um, uh, shoot, what else is there? Kobo Cares, Kobo Fitness. 
now I got Cobra was a crush, which is my yeah. podcast. So <laughs> I just added on something else. Teens by yeah. Kovo. So, oh yeah. yeah. And then I just mm-hmm. created M- um, Expand Your Empire, which is for my small business owners. Helping yeah. y'all out to get y'all out there to your deserving markets. And not only that, but to help y'all out with branding, templates, stuff of that nature. So yeah, I understand. And I'm sitting there like, Jesus, all these social media platforms, Facebook, Pinterest, yeah. Interest, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, uh-huh. YouTube, Twitch, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, they're like, Clubhouse, Patreon, all of these. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, do I have to be on all of this? And you know, in all of my research, yeah. and I'm like, you have, you pick the platforms that you want to be on. Oh, well, okay. Then I ain't got to be a perfectionist in this because the, the people that we are serving now, all they want to see is transparency. Exactly. And I was actually about to go there, right? It's like just right. showing up with your authentic self. And right. I think that for a lot of men, we're so used to, a lot of us putting up a front, honestly, like in the workplace or whatever, because we are so guarded, that is difficult to take that step to be vulnerable with absolute strangers, right? And of course, there, there, there are measures to it, right? Yeah. But even for me, with this brand, this brand, MV Soaps, is more than just a brand. It's kind of like a movement, right? It's a whole platform around self-care right. and mental health. And I didn't, honestly, I wanted for this to be a faceless brand initially. Good luck! (laughs) (laughs) Initially, I wanted for this to be a faceless brand. I was like, oh, this is a nice logo. You know, my logo is nice. Your logo is (laughs) dope, honey. Anybody care about the logo? (laughs) My logo is dope, honey. I I looked at that logo and I said, yo, his logo is similar to mine. We just got words up here. And I, I, I love it because... In the theory, I created, uh, I am a um, 20 plus year veteran of graphic design. I'm sorry. I I went to college for it. I I went to college, double majored in computer science and mathematics. So yeah, I'm heavy duty. Yeah, wow. (laughs) I mean, shit. That side of your brain, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that explains the brand. But um, I created my logo and in the midst of me creating my logo, I wanted it to be faceless as well. But the reason why I created the logo the way I created it is because I look at all of these other different logos. You got Nike, Adidas, and they don't have a face. All they have is a symbol. So in my theory of creating my logo, my theory was I want to create a logo that number one, people are going to recognize when you see it. Number two, people are going to know your name just by looking at it. They don't have to see your face. They just look at that logo and they say, yo, I know who that is. So that's how I created my logo. And then when I saw your logo, I was like, (laughs) thank you. You did justice, my brother. Yes, hunting. (laughs) I like that logo. I said, because it looks similar to mine. (laughs) Somebody has a similar concept to what it is that I have. And it it just made me feel good because it did not make me feel like I was alone. Because when Mm -hmm. I created my logo, I felt like I was alone Mm -hmm. when I did it. Because I was looking at other people's logos and I was like, my logo don't look like that. But that's what's gonna separate me from everybody yeah. else. Now your logo is really nice, and I like your brand colors too. I like. Thank it. you. Really, oh, really nice. everything about my brand has a meaning. Yeah. So the navy blue that you see, mm-hmm. it represents my uh, my father and my husband. Their mm-hmm. favorite colors are blue, and my husband 
is a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And even though his colors are royal blue and white, the blue signifies, you know, the strength that um, my father and him gave me while I'm on this journey called life. The rose gold represents my grandmother. My grandmother's favorite color was rose gold. And so the first thing that she showed me was a, um, was a ring that was encased in rose gold. And she was like, see, this is this is my favorite color. And I said, oh, grandma, that is so pretty. But that's gonna be my color too. So as a little girl, my grandmother showed me the color rose gold. And so to keep her alive, because she's no longer with us, to keep her alive, that's the color that I use in everything. So everybody knows that rose gold, the original, authentic, antique, vintage rose gold. That's my color. So when you see that navy blue and rose gold, you know it's me. Yeah, no, they work beautifully together. Honestly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I am a, I am a, uh, how can I call it? I am a kid in a grown woman's body. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> I truly am. I truly am. So if you hear me talking real, real soft, yeah, that's the little girl in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 all right. Next question I have for you is this. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear, you know, this is going to, this, this is probably going to throw some people off. Okay. Uh, my biggest fear is actually success. That's not, that's not a bad thing because that's my biggest fear. Okay. All right. So we vibing right now. Like we're vibing right now. We're vibing right now. You know. Go. <laughs> like, you know. You like. You want to be successful, but then it's like you think about everything that success means and everything that it comes with. It feels so heavy. Yes, to me, sir. Honestly. Yes, sir. I I can relate. Oh my gosh. I never thought I would find somebody else that can actually say that their <laughs> biggest fear is just becoming successful. Yeah. What I think about the most is um when you get to this level that you on, yeah. I fear of wanting to go to the next level. Yes. You know yeah. how you're you on go. the level of where you at right now. Yeah. And you look back at where you have came from and you like, okay, I did that. Yes, I did. Now here's another level I gotta reach. I'm scared to go to it. Yeah. And it's you're asking yourself, why are you scared to yeah. go to this next level that you have always wanted to reach? Yeah. And the little person inside of you is saying, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm just scared to get to that next level. And in all honesty, I can for myself, speaking for myself. I don't know what I'm fear of. So when it comes to my business, it's more so of you slow down, filling mm -hmm. orders. You yeah. start driving yourself crazy. You start self-sabotaging yourself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. You start to self-sabotage yourself in your business yeah. because you are fearing of going to the next level and yeah. it has nothing to do yeah. with monetary value. It's true. Yep. <laughs> all, all the mindset. And, you know, I think a part of it is not always feeling like we're worthy of the success, too. Okay. Right? So it's like, a part of me is like, am I really worthy of this? Right? Yes. And, and so it keeps you from stepping into it fully. But as you were talking about the levels 100%, because entrepreneurship is really a journey of self and personal development. That's yep. really it. Yes, it is. If you stop growing, your business stops growing. That's right. You got to keep on going. You got to keep on moving, you know, and, you know, leveling up in your mindset and just your outlook on life, right? 
I think one of the biggest things for me is just having more of an abundance mindset rather than a, a, a mindset of lack, right? Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah, so it can be it, it can be a huge hurdle for me. So I'd say that that's probably my biggest fear is just um, not really knowing what what are the implications of success and I, I I fail to live in the present sometimes you know because I just I keep on thinking about what it's going to take to get to that next level yeah. instead of just enjoying the journey and the process yes. Yes. right right yes. <laughs> I can relate but you know the word says that we are not to worry about what goes on in the future. We yeah. can't stress about what happened in the past. Exactly. We can only deal with what's going on today. So yeah. I tried to keep that scripture in my mind every single day I wake up. And a lot of people don't know, unless you read the word, that we are actually not supposed to work constantly. We are supposed to take rest. So yeah. when people look at me and be like, how do you rest when my body says it's tired? I go to bed. That's why I rest. <laughs> That's how I rest. Yeah. My husband tells me, he was he tells his friends, he's like, yo, my wife makes money in her sleep because I constantly hearing the ping, ping, ping mm-hmm. going off in my ear in my sleep. And I'm like, Yes, Jesus, I can say yes. I do make money in my sleep. Yes. <laughs> and I'm proud to say that I do make money in my sleep. I'm also proud to say that I do take time to rest because we do need to rest. Exactly. Working through the midnight hour, burning that midnight oil, technically that's not what we're supposed to do. And you know, a lot of people don't even know that. Yeah, yeah. We're not our bodies aren't built for it. Right? No. Yeah. And I mean you also have to remind yourself like why are we even in doing entrepreneurship, right? We're trying to more more than anything, I think a lot of us are trying to buy our time, our freedom, right? And so right. it's our freedom to spend it with, with, you know, the people that matter most to us and to do the things that we love doing. Um, and so if we miss that, it's like, what's the point of all this, right? Absolutely. Uh, we, we have to prioritize our families and our loved ones and uh, ourselves as well. Take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I just wish more entrepreneurs would... Um, would recognize and own that like I was in a Facebook group I'm not on Facebook like talking about but I was in a Facebook group and I remember one lady saying that this was during the pandemic Mm -hmm. she said I am not going to rest until I die basically saying um, I'm going to keep working I'm not going to sleep until it's time for me to sleep and I looked at what she said and I'm like that is humanly impossible but you know what was crazy so many people commented under her and said i agree yeah and it was our community that said it Mm -hmm. It wasn't somebody outside of our community it was our community that said that and i said now i do know statistic that we are to work that we work twice as hard as our counterparts as our white counterparts yeah because we want to be able to keep up with them you know how you can keep up with them sleep rest take time for your family prioritize yourself and put yourself first in your business and automate every automate as much as you can yep oh yeah automation Mm -hmm. it works i'm a firm believer in it like for my challenge that i'm doing i got this 30-day challenge of i choose me because i wrote my book i choose me 30 days of Mm self-love so i got this challenge going on i automated my whole entire challenge y'all think i'm up there on instagram every day no I got work to do. I automated everything. <laughs> but I answered my questions 
yeah. all the time. So I tell people, yo, my comment is in the. I answer my comment. It is in the comment section. Mm-hmm. But um, I automate everything. But that's how I'm able to be. A, that's how I'm able to do what it is that I need to do in my business as an entrepreneur. If you don't get that sleep and that rest, like you're supposed to. How are you going to be able to function to keep your business moving? How are you able to provide great ideas to your consumers and to clients? How are you able to provide a service to the people that you're trying to provide a service to if you are not able to function in the mental capacity that you're supposed to function in because you want to work and burn the midnight oil instead of taking the time to sleep so your body and your brain and your mindset can rejuvenate itself and do what it's supposed to do for the next day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can't do that if we're constantly moving and we're constantly in motion. <clears throat> Excuse me. The only person that doesn't sleep is the Trinity. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They don't mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. They're constantly, we're, we're constantly asking them so many questions and asking for prayers and asking them to answer our prayers, even during the midnight hour. And if we are doing their job, Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to allow them to do their job if we are doing their job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all don't want me to minister to y'all today. Y'all ain't ready. For- <laughs> y'all ain't ready for me to minister to y'all because y'all ain't listening. I'm telling you that now. Y'all ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, my next question I got for you: What is your most memorable failure in business or in life? In general. In general, my it most It could be either or. My most memorable failure. <coughs> oh man. That's that's a that's a big one. Um I'll say in business, you know, I there was actually a time where I started a business uh, some time ago. Um it was a consultancy. And honestly I just didn't know what I didn't know and I probably shouldn't even try to start that consultancy when I did. Um and so that I mean that was a failure. I wouldn't say it was my biggest, but just business-wise, that was uh, a big one. Um, man, I have to think about that a little bit more. My biggest, <laughs> my biggest failure. That's, that's a big old question. I, and it's not like you know me not wanting to be vulnerable. I just literally I can't think uh, of of it uh, at this moment um, in my adult life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm struggling right now. <laughs> See the uh, uh, well. I can say that to answer that, I'm gonna an- I'm gonna answer the question. Yeah. To say what is my most memorable failure that I learned from that actually makes me better. Yeah. Um, when I had my modeling agency. Okay. Okay. And the way that God gave me the idea, and then He took it away from me in the blink mm-hmm. of an eye. Okay. I can say that is my most memorable failure. And the reason why it's my most memorable failure, because at that time I was on a roller coaster high. And I mean, what I mean, roller coaster high, I mean, roller coaster high. And let me elaborate. Roller coaster high for me means I had over 30 women under my belt as models, and my agency was catered to plus size women. Yeah. At that time, I was speaking all over, up and down the East Coast. Like my most biggest feat for speaking was in Washington, D.C. And I was talking about autism. Mm. Um, We were well known in so many countries, all 50 states. But we was also well known in Canada, Australia, Germany, Norway, Russia, 
Ukraine, um, England, the United Kingdom itself. We were well known in those places to where I had people calling me, asking me to send my models overseas to model for them. Oh, wow. To help bring out the plus size modeling world. Mm. And so I'm riding this high. And then all of a sudden, this high got taken away from me. Because behind the scenes, my models were undercutting me and were making um, negative vibes, creating negative vibes in my business. And everybody knows I'm not about that negative life. Everything I want to do is positive because we need to uplift each other. And at that time, nobody was uplifting each other. And it wasn't that I didn't see it. I saw it. But I was too timid to take control of the reins mm -hmm. and run the business like I should have. Gotcha. So when God took it away from me, he yeah. took it away from me to where I hit my lowest of the low, mm -hmm. which in turn made me come back to him. Yeah. And I rededicated my life to him on June the 4th, 2019. Mm -hmm. Because of that, it had made me more aware of what's going on and where I am at in my life now. Because yeah. a lot, I did not realize how negative my life was at that time. So when that was taken away from me, and I'm thinking I'm doing everything right, couldn't find out I was doing wrong, and yeah. didn't realize that I was doing wrong until God showed me yeah. what wrongs I was doing, and it was a meaning for me to come back to Him. Yeah. And because I came back to Him, and I devour my life to Him, even now. Yep. Um, and y'all see it on Instagram <laughs> Even now I am like If God doesn't give me the idea It doesn't get done If he doesn't okay it mm -hmm. I can't do it Yeah. And so I, I made people Respect that about me So my biggest My most memorable failure was losing that um, Modeling agency Because I don't think it was It's for me but not at that time yeah, got you. Now that that's a good example. You know, I I've had a lot of successes in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I and moments that were, I guess, the most teachable for me were, I think, life happening to me. Most, you know, it's kind of like life happened things outside of my control. Like, for example, yes. uh, like you know, part of me coming back from Japan was actually because of the earthquake and tsunami that major one in 2011. I was there. Oh wow! When I hit. I uh, remember that. Yeah, I was there. I thought I thought I was gonna lose my life. Wow. I was there during that, um, and um, and I was beginning to have like panic attacks and everything. Didn't know what was going on with, especially like the the whole nuclear meltdown that was happening at the Fukushima plant right. and all that stuff. So I decided to come home, and a bunch of other stuff happened. Um, and I mean, I got very humbled by life. That was probably like a the lowest moment. Um, and that's actually when I did come to the Lord and, you know, come to know Jesus, um, October of that year, shortly before I actually met my wife. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to think of an actual, you know, thing that I had control, absolute control over that I failed and I learned from that experience. I don't really have too many of those moments. And I think a part of it is because I've always thought my failures were learning experiences like and like even if there were like many failures right um i would just keep going keep going that's, that's always been my personality just keep going but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep thinking about that because there might be something that i'm missing so okay that that's that's why i'm here <laughs> to try to bring it out of y'all 
<laughs> That's why I, I fail every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God, but exactly. every day He shows us His grace and His mercy yes. for yes. us to be able to do it again and try harder. So, actually, you know what? I have one. See, I, I told you, if I, I keep talking, you was gonna, I was gonna bring it out of you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my most memorable failure um, was so. Uh, I was working as a salesperson for this startup company, decided that it wasn't the right fit. There was a lot of stuff going on, decided to um, actually join a ministry. My wife and I went into full-time ministry. Okay. Um, we were, were like preaching the gospel, um, college campuses and stuff like that. Okay. Open air. And um, part of that role was doing fundraising as well. Like I needed to go to people and, and reach out, ask people to fund our ministry. and. I was not consistent with that and I like neglected, honestly neglected my, my wife in a sense, right? Because she was dependent on me to go out and do that. I wasn't doing it. And uh, we, you know, anyway, we weren't able to continue the ministry. So I think that, that that's a pretty memorable failure because I could have controlled that situation more and just been more consistent with the fundraising aspect of it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you learned something very I, valuable from it. It, it, exactly. I, I would say what I learned is consistency is important. And, you know, there are a lot of things that um, I have control over and to prioritize those things that I have control over. Right. Um, you know, I think that for a lot of people, um, not for a lot of people, I mean, but for, for me at a time, like my locus of control, I, I, I emphasize like life happening to me more, not what I could really control. Okay. And uh, I think that that experience, you know, really taught me that I need to focus on those things that I, I can really control and, and have an impact and do something about it. So, okay. Like you yeah. are doing now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that the things that we go through in our lives, it's like, if I'd have known that this was supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen, then... Yeah. I would be good to where I am at now. Like in my business, when the pandemic hit, I never thought about creating press on nails. And by mm. the time I thought about it, there were so many women around me doing it. I was like, where do I fit in in this? Yeah, It is so saturated. But now I look at it and I was just telling my husband, uh, I think it was like two days ago. I told him I was going through my Instagram feed, cleaning out my followers. And yeah. I said, you know, it's a lot of these women that I used to follow that create press on nails. They no longer do it. They stop. Oh, wow. And so I'm sitting there saying to myself, well, Jesus, all you're doing is making more room for me to get inside of that big fish. And what it is I need to do. So I, I said, you know, I, I don't complain no more about the fact that I got into the business late. Mm -hmm. I talk more positive and say, I didn't get into the business late. I got in on time. Yes. Amen Just like for you, you got in on time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, all right. Next question. If you had the choice to start over, what would you do differently? Um, if I had the choice to start over, I would definitely, uh, I, I wouldn't have tried to do the whole faceless thing from, from jump, you know, <laughs> I would have <laughs> put myself out there sooner. Um, because really it's, it's all about practice. The more you're out there just talking about your brand, what you do, the value you're trying to bring to the world, 
the easier it gets, right? And uh, the, the more compelling um, that pitch becomes. And so I think that if, if I had just out the get-go realized that it was so important for people to hear from me, understand the story behind MB Soaks and why I decided to start it, um, then um, I, I think it would have been created even more traction early on. But again, we're still so early in our journey, right? Um, and uh, I and I'm and I'm seeing a lot of that momentum. People are, are resonating with the story. Um, so believed in my story, essentially believed in my story, believed in what I was trying to do, um, so that you know I could convince others to come along on this journey with me. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, I just think it's like I keep telling you, it's a great thing. I, I'm I am floored that you are doing what you're doing. I really am. That's why I keep talking about it. Like, I'm not speechless, but I am. <laughs> because, I mean, seriously, because it's like you're in a genre all in your all on your own because I don't see many men doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's true. You know, I, I did do a lot of market research. Like, I did talk to a lot of black men and just get their feedback on products, right? But the social business component, I think that that really sets us apart right? right and and also that we are really focused on black men i will say that black women love the soap too like <laughs> a lot of women that buy my product they right. steal it from their from their husbands and their boyfriends <laughs> we're, and supposed we're supposed to do that <laughs> <laughs> so you know i you know there are a lot of uh, women that love the product but the fact that i continue to emphasize black men and it's interesting that that, that you say that because um, I actually have gotten some, well, one person provided a lot of flack and, you know, he was criticizing, saying my soap was racist and stuff like, I mean, obviously this wasn't a, a, a black person. Right. Um, this was uh, my cousin's husband, a white guy. And we, you know, we just, we went to go visit, my family went to go visit them. We brought over soap to say, hey, here's a gift. And then he started going off saying that the soap was racist and all this right. stuff. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, there are people that have criticized me for the fact that I do focus on black men, but like, I'm unapologetic about it. I think that it, it's so needed, so necessary for the world. Um, and it, there's, there's kind of like a catch 22 almost with the problem that I'm trying to solve. It's like, I'm trying to sell to black men, but black men have, they traditionally have not cared about them like they don't do the personal care as much right so it's a lot of education and advocacy in that uh, aspect of it as well so it's it's an amazing challenge i think to to solve and i'm so grateful for all the people that continue to support and encourage me in this vision and mission and um i i I, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Honestly, I'm speechless too. <laughs> okay, so one thing that uh, a lot of people don't know about me, um, I actually had a, um, one of my pastors. I, I got so many pastors, Jesus. Besides him, I do. One of my pastors called me. Like, wait, wait, the way you said that, I look like Jesus was right next to you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> We are supposed to communicate with Jesus like we communicate with our friends and family, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's how I communicate with him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's sitting right here. Okay. Because whenever he gives me something to tell somebody, mm -hmm. I lean, I, it looks like I be leaning in. <laughs> we leaning in, listening to what he got to say. So he did tell me to tell you something. Okay. And I, I'm not, I don't, 
I'm not a prophetess, but I have had people to tell me that I'm starting to step into it. Okay. okay. So I'm not sure if you have. I'm not sure if you are interested, but have you thought about educating black men by teaching a virtual course or teaching classes about it? About the importance of self-care and about their skin. Mm. Well, I'm actually in the process of writing an ebook. No, he told me to tell you you're going into a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, you're going into a classroom. You can write that ebook, but you're going into it. You're stepping into somebody's classroom and you're actually going to teach yeah. about the importance of skin care. Wow. I'm just telling you what you got to do. I don't no, know. I, had, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about stepping into the, the, the classroom, physical or virtual yet, but that's, I mean, it's an amazing idea. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have been thinking more so about what I can start to do locally. Right. You know, uh, and get involved with some nonprofits, right? Because it, it needs to be more than just giving you the money. It needs to Absolutely. be interacting with people face to face and uh, really showing that, that we care because we do. I do care. Um, so, no, I mean, thank you for the word. I- I'll pray on that. <laughs> pray on it. Let's see if the Lord opens up the opportunity, you know? Pray on it. Pray on it. I don't I don't want to stray you wrong, but pray on it. But let me tell you, Commerce Paradise, Keiko, she can tell you, whenever I have a word for her, I send her a message in her DM, uh-huh. and I walk away from it. Okay. And the crazy part is, she'll be like, you know what? I literally just heard that not too long ago. How did you know? Wow. I don't. Mm-hmm. That's just what I keep hearing yeah. for you and mm-hmm. your business. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing, and I'm, I can see it. I keep hearing and seeing you are going to eventually tap into teaching men and young boys the importance of self care and skin care, whether it's virtual or in a classroom. But you pray on it. But that's what I keep. That's what I keep seeing. And the reason why I say that is because even when I was on your Instagram profile, I kept yeah. seeing that. Wow. That's powerful. That, 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 that's powerful. I mean, I mean, ultimately, I feel like that's also a natural progression of where mm-hmm. I'm going, right? Um, right. And, and I have been ideating on how do I create more value, right? And that's where the ebook has come from. Right. I actually just created like a skincare, a free <clears throat> skincare guide and checklist that people can get from my link in bio, mm-hmm. specifically for black men. So for your husband, if you want to download that for him. Oh, I is. I yep. is. Uh-huh. It's absolutely free. Just put in your email there and you can right. get it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've just been thinking like, how can I just create more value, more value, more value? So I appreciate that idea and you, you know, just be willing to share that because, you know, sometimes people get a word and they don't feel bold enough to share what the Lord mm-hmm. is putting on their heart. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I actually had to learn how to tap into wanting into sharing what yeah. it is that God tell it is tells me to tell people because at one point I was that person. I would hear it and I wouldn't share it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. Yeah. And the reason why is because I actually had uh, um I was talking to uh, a bishop and I literally he was getting ready to go from being an elder to a bishop. Yeah. And so I saw it in a dream exactly where we was going to be. Mm-hmm. how it was going to go yep. who was going to be there and what everybody had on in the church wow wow and i walked up on him and told him what happened 
it scared him so bad that he stepped away from me. I haven't spoke to him since. And I remember bawling tears telling my husband about it. And he said, I don't understand why he would do that. And I said, I don't either, but it put me in a position where I didn't talk about it no more. So now that, you know, <clears throat> God has told me this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It, it came with the business. And I said, I'm not gonna hold back no more. I don't care if people think I'm crazy or look crazy or not. If this is where I'm led to do, this mm -hmm. is what I'm gonna say. And I just gotta roll with the punches. So, oh yeah, I, I get it. That's why I said no. I know because people made me feel like that, but I can't feel like that no more. Wow, yeah, wow. Well, thank you for your gift and for using your gift, being a good steward, right? That's what it's all about. That's what my grandfather taught me at a very young age. Not saying that my mother and my father didn't because they did. But my grandfather was a deacon in this church. And so he taught me at a very young age, you know, being a good stewardship of, you know, God's purpose and his mission. And so I try to I try to uphold that and make sure that's what I'm doing because I don't know who's watching me. Mm -hmm. So I try to make sure that everything that I do that I'm very mindful about who is watching me even down to my children because my children yep. they mock me especially my daughter I didn't birth my daughter um uh, my daughter belongs to my husband yep. so but the fact that I've been raising my daughter since she was six mm -hmm. yeah and God and I'm sorry um about it my her mom passed when she was two before mm -hmm. she turned two mm -hmm. so when her mom came to me when I started dating um her baby daddy yeah retrospect you know retrospect she came to me in my dream mm -hmm. and was telling me things that only them two knew oh, so when i told my husband about it he was freaked out because <laughs> wow. he was like how did you know and i said yo she told me i swear i did not hear this from nobody nobody told me anything this is what she told me herself and that's when he said you got a gift mm. Do you know how powerful your gift is? And I said, no, I don't share it with people because mm -hmm. yeah. people get freaked out about it. And just like you did, you got freaked out about it. But he has learned how to embrace my gift. Yeah. And so I just know, I know now with the spirit of discernment, who to share it with, who not to share it with. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, important. That, that's fair. My wife, she also operates in kind of like the prophetic as well. So, yes. Yes. Yeah, I was told, yes, it's very powerful, but you got to be mindful about who it is shared with. So I, um, one of the things that God told me was, if you want to do, if you want to fulfill the purpose that I have for you, you have to give, you have to make a sacrifice on some type of platform. Yeah. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, social media. And I said, well, Jesus, what do you know about social media? He said, ha, you don't know, but I know everything. I said, I know. So what part of social media am i supposed to give up yeah. he said um you give up the one thing that has hurt you in so many ways mm -hmm. that's the social media that you have to give up and i said well that was facebook because yeah. so many of the people that i am friends with that i grew up with were on facebook they have hurt me along the years yeah. i gave up facebook i sacrificed facebook to go on instagram and now I don't have a large following like I did before, before Instagram decided they wanted to take away my first account, which had to make me create a new one. Oh, no. Yeah, back in October, they took away my original account. I had to create a new one, but I'm glad I did because now I'm reaching people that I'm supposed to reach. Yeah. So when it comes down to failures, mm -hmm. I always talk about embrace the failure. Don't get mad that it happened. I mean, yeah, you can because emotionally you're human. 
-hmm. but embrace the failure because all God did was close one door to open up a window. Hello. And so jump through the window and go ahead and do what you have to do. Don't worry about that door closing. He locked that door for a reason. He gave, he opened up the door, opened up the window for you because he said, there is another way to fulfill my purpose. Yeah. There is another way to reach my people. And yeah. so I tell people, yeah, embrace your failure. There's nothing wrong with failing. A lot of people take it so seriously about the feel of failure. But I'm like, yo, we fail every day. We fail every day because we don't um, measure up to what God told us that we need to measure up to. Exactly. Yeah. So why get mad if your business doesn't work? Why get mad if somebody else got that position over you and you were more qualified for that position than they wasn't? Why get mad if your spouse is not doing what they supposed to do? Who cares? You do what you got to do because God is going to bless you no matter what it is that you are doing. He's going to bless you regardless. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think, you know, taking it a step further as well is how can you begin to show yourself self-compassion? Yes. How do you start being kind to yourself? Mm Mm-hmm fail right because you you know you can feel like okay i know god forgives me but you cannot forgive yourself sometimes you don't forgive yourself for failing in a certain way right right you have to have that conversation with yourself like yeah you know i it's okay i'm a human being i can make mistakes it's all good you know you know the sun is still shining you know i I still i'm so blessed in so many other ways right and so you have to have that conversation with yourself that's something that I've, I'm still working through as well. It's showing myself right. compassion. Absolutely. I'm still working through it as well. That's why I wrote my book, um, I Choose Me 30 Days of Self Love, because I had to learn how to do the work. Those three years, it took me three years to write my book, and I just released it in uh, last month. Okay. So. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Go yeah. check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But um, that book, it, mean, it, meant, it means a lot to me because the book itself it's not just me talking about what i've been through it's also revealing what um i have heard others go through what i have seen other people go through so i'm it's like a combination of different stories and different um inspirational guidelines and affirmations and scriptures and different things that i have said whether it's the past present or what i'm getting ready to say next and um I did the work and it, it helped me out a whole lot mm-hmm. to realize that it is okay that I have a flaw because God did not make us perfect. He made us like in his image that did not come with perfection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if a lot of us realize that we are not meant to be perfect, to learn how to embrace who you really are, I, I think that we mentally would be in a better mindset than where we are now and for me i literally am a lot happier now than i was a long time ago than i was three years ago when i first started that book when i then that was in my 20s or even in my teens and i'm getting ready to hit 40 in two years so Mm -hmm. i'm embracing every single day that i am given to be with my husband and my family and not just my home family but my ig family all of y'all um the podcast family my tribe yeah i am just fortunate that i am able to be in those spaces i'm able to you know join with y'all in those different arenas 
because we all have something that we can all learn from one another. And if we learn how to take ourselves out of the equation mm-hmm. and not just think about other people, but think about what other people are going through too and realize, hey, I'm no worse off than that what that person is going through. Yeah. So how can I sit here and put self-pity on my shoulders? Woe is me when somebody else is going through something we're, we're um, more uh is going through something much worse than what we're going through so the song that i sing all the time that a lot of people request me to sing i won't complain the words of it it really speaks volumes there's no need for me to complain about what i'm going through if somebody else is suffering too there's no need for me to complain about what i'm dealing with when god already has it under control Mm-hmm. We just don't have it under control because of our human nature. Yeah. But when God has it under his control and he tells us that if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed that we can move mountains, then that means exactly as is. Yeah. If we say that we believe in God and we trust him to do what it is that he has set forth us to do, then why is it that we turn around and because he may not be moving as fast as we want him to move, you know, that we take it under our control and then we lose control all over again. Leave it where it's at. If you're going to go to the altar and pray about it, then you don't need to worry about it. Leave it at the altar. That's what they tell us. They tell us to put all of our burdens and leave it on, you know, leave all of our burdens and all of our cares on his shoulders because he is the one that's going to take care of it. Yeah. Y'all telling y'all, y'all don't want me to minister today. Y'all don't want me to minister today. <laughs> that I will minister y'all under the table because this is what needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. Not just amongst um, our counterparts, but also yeah. amongst y'all black men as well. Yeah. To know that y'all are not being overshadowed. To know that y'all are not being overlooked. To know that we as black women who are married to black men, we see what y'all are doing and we applaud you. For what it is that y'all are doing we applaud that y'all are willing to take the necessary steps to get your mental straight we applaud that y'all take the necessary steps to become um uh entrepreneurs we applaud the fact that y'all are taking the necessary steps to be the best father the best uncle the best sons that y'all can be for your family we applaud you for that so if you don't hear that from nobody else now i know you hear it from your wife and your children but if you don't hear that from nobody else you gonna hear it from me. Thank you, me. <laughs> I, I applaud you Thank for being you. the black man that you are today, representing your culture and your community in the necessity that you are representing us. So I, I applaud you. Thank you, thank you, sis. I mean, I, I'm humbled, and another thing that I'm working on is just being able to receive, you know, um, those kinds of compliments. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. So. After all my ministering and preaching, you felt like you were in church for a while. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, one day I'm going to step into this calling, but I was told that I already stepped into it and just didn't know it. Um, I agree. My, <laughs> <laughs> my next question for you is this. Um, for the men out there, what is the um, what is the best advice that you have to give to other male entrepreneurs? To other male entrepreneurs, um, I'd say if you have a dream, if you have an idea that you feel like God has given you, just do it. You know, don't overthink it. Just do it. Uh, action is really what's going to 
matter, right? right. Um, you can have that idea for years and years, but until you actually begin to implement and execute, that's right. where you're going to have the. That's where you're going to learn. That's where you're going to grow. That's when the journey really begins. So, um, I just would encourage any black man out there, any uh, black man that's really looking to get into entrepreneurship, to just go ahead and act upon that thought, that vision, that's been inside you you've been nurturing and feeding it with all your thoughts but you haven't executed on it just go out and do it the world absolutely needs what you have um and you need to believe that believe that um your dreams are beautiful and believe that you have the ability to make an impact absolutely absolutely um what is the best piece of advice you have ever received um the best piece of advice that I've ever received. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. That's another good question that I need to go. <laughs> that's a good question. That I'm like, oh man, you know it. You know when you, I've received a lot of advice that um, I, I would say that at initially I might have thought that it was really good, and later it was invalidated. Right. Uh, I didn't have a lot of men that were poured into me growing up, so um, I didn't really get a lot of really uh, like positive advice in, in that way, but that's something I'm going to have to think about <laughs> real quick. <laughs> the best advice, man, you come with some deep questions. I wish I was... I, told, <laughs> I told you, I come with the questions, but you know, I had somebody to tell me on my past podcast, um... If you send the questions ahead of time, maybe we can be better prepared. Uh, I'm working on that, Jesus. I really am. I am working on that. I really am. Turns it to my head, not to my heart. <laughs> I really am. Because I'm going to tell you why. Nobody thinks like me. And so when I wrote these questions, I was in the capacity of my mindset. Yeah. I'm so used to um, people asking me questions on the spot and I have to think on the spot yeah, 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 of the yeah, yeah. answer. And so when I wrote these questions, I was thinking in the capacity of my mindset, not realizing that there are people out there that actually like to think about the um, the question before they get to answer it on my podcast. Prime <laughs> example, my, my husband, when he when we recorded his um, episode, uh, he was like, do you have the questions so I can prepare myself before you ask? Because you know, you'll be asking deep probing questions. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, but that's just half the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I gave him the questions and everything. And he came with a notebook and I said, bro, what you doing? And he said, <laughs> I wrote down my answers. I said, uh, I hate to bust your bubble, but the questions that I gave you prior to, I just changed it because those questions was actually for my women and I had to make it catered to men. So you have a whole new set of questions, bro. I think me and your husband are alike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can most, I can mostly think on my feet, but when it's like the deep, deep questions like that, you know, especially with my, my own experience, I have to really think about it because I'm always moving. I'm not always thinking about how things have impacted me, you know, the extent to which they've impacted me. So I really got to take time to think about those things. <laughs> so look. I'm an Aquarius. We are thinkers. Yeah. 
Oh dear, that's that's just my astrology. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I really need to start listening. I mean, I I listen, but when I move, I be moving so quick, and my mind yeah. thinks twice as fast as my feet. So I be like thinking, y'all sit there and say, and I be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Next thing I know, my mind don't went somewhere else, and it's it's not on purpose. It's like that's just how my mind moves. Yeah. But since you're the third person that said it, I think I'm really gonna have to come on. <laughs> Whoops. Times <laughs> a charm. That's what they say, dude. That's what they say. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Next time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's apologize. all good. So good. I apologize. One day it's gonna come to light that you'll give me that best advice that you have. Yeah, yeah. I'll DM you or something. I'll be like, yeah, this is it, <laughs> and I, I'll plug it in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use it as a quote. There we go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a yeah. quote that I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um. Last question of the of the episode. How can people reach you if they wanted to order from you or follow you or better yet, even support your mission? Yeah, so I'd say follow us uh MV underscore soaps on Instagram. So we're primarily on Instagram. We also have Facebook, but I'd say go to Instagram. That's where most of the action is happening. That's where I'm putting out most of the content. A lot of information on my link in bio. Uh, you can check out our website, mvsoaps.co, so you can purchase uh, directly from our website. You can also purchase from Instagram as well. We have a subscription offering um, that we have out there, so a lot of people are hopping on that. I said that's probably the best value. That's only going to be available through the website. Um, and yeah, please you know, subscribe to our newsletter as well. Stay connected. Um, a lot of things happening with this brand, I, I expect a lot of growth this year a lot of momentum is happening right now so um i just i appreciate your time Nick, and, and having this conversation bringing me on and allowing for me to speak to your your listeners um this is phenomenal opportunity um so thank you all for listening to this and you know being willing to support this brand and its mission absolutely you're more than welcome more than welcome well there you have it people <clears throat> through all the laughter <laughs> all of the laughter that we have done today but you have heard it from the man himself a ken walker thank you so much for joining me on my first um episode of our series just men where we talk to different male entrepreneurs about their business and the challenges that they have had and how they have overcame those challenges thank you so much for taking the risk and saying um that you would want to join I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. So, what we do at the end of our episodes, you you know my tribe. They already know. We always close out with a prayer. So, I'm asking if you would like to lead us in prayer. Yes, I'd be honored to. Absolutely. I'm ready when you are. Okay. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for this opportunity. um, For two children of your kingdom to connect lord and to share and encourage one another and father to talk about what you are doing in our lives oh god and the way oh lord that you are creating this testimony oh oh god uh through our businesses through um our relationships and and through our uh lives individually father i just thank you oh god that this is your story 
and um, Lord, that you are empowering us to leave an impact, uh, not just for our, <clears throat> for ourselves, oh Lord, and for our generation, oh Lord, but for many generations to come. So we thank you, oh God, um, for the vision, for uh, uh, for the missions that you've given to our respective businesses. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over this podcast and for those that are listening in, oh God, that um, that you would touch them in, in the way that you need for them to be touched, oh God, that you would impact them, that you would uh, uh, just stir something up within them, Heavenly Father. Um, so I, I, I bless you, oh God, for this this opportunity, this platform that you have created, oh God, for your glory, and that you would just continue to encourage uh, men who, um, if for whatever reason, may feel as though they, they can't step out uh, or they're fearful of stepping out. Um, if they know that you are with them, O oh Lord, who can be against them? Uh, and we thank you, God, that this is our testimony in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Mr. Walker. Greatly, greatly appreciate you coming on to the podcast episode. Um, tune in with us on next Wednesday, 12 noon. I will have another male entrepreneur on the Just Men series part two. I don't want to tell you who it is because I don't want to ruin any surprises. But thank you so much, Akin, for, th- for coming on and just sharing what failure may look like in the retrospect of black males and just talking about mental health in our black men continue to keep doing what it is you're doing my brother i salute you i appreciate thank you thank you all right thank you so much everybody and again this is your girl nick austin i am signing off peace and be blessed hey hey it's nick austin here the host of Coro is a crush where we talk about fashion, beauty, and faith while remaining true to ourselves. Every episode, I talk to someone who's trying to make a change for themselves or their community and learn about how they've made big or small improvements in their lives. I also chat about what's going on in the world that might be holding us back from being our best selves. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor for the Coro is a Crush podcast, please reach out to Coro Crush Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our new advertising opportunities now available on our website at www.shopcoro.com. Book your ad spot today and let me do the rest. I love to hear from you.